This is your host, Corbin, your guide for director Christopher Nolan's Tenet. This guide will walk you through the production and reception of the film. This guide will not unlock the secrets of the movie. This is a spoiler-free guide. To hear our full thoughts on deciphering Nolan's latest visual puzzle, subscribe to the podcast and join me and Alan next Monday for our full review. Believe it or not, the concept for Tenet was conceived 20 years ago. I suggest watching the beginning of Memento to see where the seeds may have begun. Time often plays a role in most of Nolan's films, so his latest endeavor into the mind-bending dimension is no surprise. He did consult with physicist Kip Thorne, who he worked closely with on Interstellar, but ultimately Nolan eschewed sticking to true hard science in order to let his imagination craft his vision. This is something he recounts causing frustration, was not letting his characters go faster than the speed of light in Interstellar due to his endeavor to create an accurate scientific film. But Tenet doesn't completely have its roots in science fiction. In fact, the word Tenet comes from the Sator Square. Does the name Sator also sound familiar? Well, the Sator Square has its origins in Pompeii, a location the characters will visit in the movie. The square is a 5x5 five five palindrome, containing the words Sator, Aleppo, Tenet, Opera, and Rhodus. If you read Sator backwards, it's Rhodus, and Aleppo backwards is Opera. Reading these words up and down, frontwards or backwards, will yield the same result. Nolan uses all of these words in the movie, so make sure to listen for all of them next time you watch it. Nolan brought back a few of his previous cast members, including Michael Caine, Kenneth Branagh, Martin Donovan, Josh Stewart, and his very first star, Jeremy Theobald. Let me know if you've found any other cast members Nolan brought back. As for his crew, Nathan Crowley returned for production design, Hoyt Van Hoytema came back for cinematography, marking his third time working with Nolan, therefore seemingly replacing longtime collaborator Wally Feister. Hans Zimmer was unavailable to score the film due to working with Denis Villeneuve on Dune. As of the time of this recording, no major award shows, including the 93rd Academy Awards, have taken place, so it remains to be seen whether Tenet will have a presence at the Oscars. Nolan has had six of his ten movies make strong showings at the Oscars, so it is my guess, especially in a COVID world where options are far fewer, Tenet will be nominated for sound design, production design, visual effects, and maybe cinematography and score. Of course, Alan and I will be doing our Oscar predictions here in a few months, and then we will be doing our Oscar reactions. So make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss it when you will find out whether I am right or wrong in these predictions with Tenet. The film had a budget of $205 million and grossed $57 million domestically, $305 million in the foreign markets, with a worldwide total of $362.9 million, making this Nolan's lowest grossing movie since The Prestige back in 2006. It was number one opening weekend, going up against The New Mutants at two, Unhinged in three, Bill and Ted Face the Music at 4. Our review of that movie is coming February 1st, and the personal history of David Copperfield coming in at number 5. Today, the film holds a 7.5 according to the users of IMDb, and a 3.5 on Letterboxd. The film also holds a 69 Metascore and a 70% critical score and 76% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes.
So how does Nolan's latest film stack up against his previous 10 works? I think that's the question a lot of people are wondering right now. Well, as you've heard, it had a positive reception, but likely this is his most divisive film, at least according to the word of mouth. At least the most divisive since The Dark Knight Rises or maybe Interstellar. But looking at those scores across the board, those movies are highly, highly rated. Now, comparing his scores on Letterboxd, this movie ties for last with his first two films, Following and Insomnia. On IMDb, it ties for second to last with Following, and you guessed it, Insomnia and last, and by last, I mean the lowest score. Well, since it is so new, it is hard to say whether it will hit the IMDb Top 250, but as of now, it's not on that list. For Metascore, it is third to last, sitting just above the prestige and following, respectively. As for Rotten Tomatoes, this marks Nolan's first film since, well, his first film following, to not be certified fresh. It has the lowest critic score and the lowest audience score. Of course, this one may change. Barely beaten by Insomnia. Audiences straight out of the theater tied this with Insomnia and the Prestige according to CinemaScore with a B. Now, as for box office, it's really not fair because of COVID-19, closing so many theaters and inhibiting so many from attending. We'll never truly know how much this film could have grossed, but for all intents and purposes, this was a significant box office disappointment. As some would say a bomb, especially domestically. It still opened at number one, but it is his fourth lowest opening weekend, being beaten out by Insomnia, even though it opened at that film opened at number three. It is his lowest opening since The Prestige. As far as totals go, it is his fourth lowest domestic grossing film. Now, as far as overseas goes, for an independent property, it didn't do too bad and hits about squarely in the middle. I expect it would have easily surpassed Dunkirk's numbers and may have caught Interstellar, if not for COVID. So for Worldwide, this being Nolan's second most expensive film right behind The Dark Knight Rises, it should have performed far better overall. Again, COVID definitely hampered its returns, but it is a true box office disappointment, which begs the question, will we see Nolan return to a smaller budget film for his 12th outing? My guess is very likely. Alan and I have reviewed all of Nolan's films up to this point, so check the description below where we'll have a link to all of our reviews so you can hear our full thoughts on each film. Thank you listeners for coming along with me as I have been your guide to the production and impact of this film. Now that you have your guide to Tenet, make sure to subscribe to the podcast for Alan and I's full review coming next Monday, and tune in the week after as we travel through time with Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.